0: Welcome to the Creativity Everything podcast where we get to learn from creators in all fields about everything creative. Hello, bonjour and welcome to the last episode of this first season of the Creativity Everything podcast. For this episode, Hensel Igbav Boa joined us to share his experience with creating multimedia art and startup ventures and talk about his creative journey as a whole, both with entrepreneurship and art, bringing many different practices all together and trying to find how they could be combined. I learned a ton, was so inspired by this creative journey of figuring out how to bring entrepreneurship and art for social justice and I especially enjoyed talking about how getting a little external push uh, from applying for grants for example um, and help from the outside from collaborating can actually be welcomed in a creative endeavor so that you're not always relying on your own intrinsic motivation to move forward. So without further ado let's listen to Hansel. Enzo, thank you so much for joining us today. This is actually our last episode of the first season. So I'm very thankful that you agreed to do this and share with us your your process and your journey. I, I know you're a creative entrepreneur and a multimedia artist and, and filmmaker. And in the research for this episode, I was so inspired by how you use your creativity for social innovation and for a mission-driven purpose. So I'm really excited to talk about your research creations like Untamed Roots and Future Farmers because I know there's a lot we can unpack um, with these projects. But before we dive into this, I thought um, we could go back uh, and for people listening who don't know about your work, maybe we could talk about how you started creating and, and your journey with that.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, it's, it's a pleasure to be on. Um, I think so with just starting with my journey as a creative and maybe I'll just start by saying how I like to define myself. Like, so I see myself as a creative entrepreneur um, who combines like kind of the arts, entrepreneurship and activism, um, for social change and, and creating of social ventures. Um, coming to where I'm at now and, and being able to feel comfortable calling myself an artist, I feel has been a really long journey for me and it started honestly since I was a kid. I was always good in a lot of artistic things, I guess, like I was, I loved art class. Um, I loved. I think my art class when I was I was in junior secondary school. That's what we call it back in my country, um, which is basically middle school. My art teacher base introduced a lot of art history that isn't generically or traditionally thought um, taught in most schools, and I think that that was the early early. Times and moments I realized that I want to do something that that is just more than creating. Like I'm, I'm a creator. I love to create things. Like I used to draw and I used to paint and, and draw building plans. That was literally my hobby as a kid, um, but taking that art class made me realize that there's a lot i want to learn about my history and a lot i want to learn about my people and, and 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 i want to use that for greater good and i want to use that knowledge um that that has been covered up and that's not thought today to to create something beautiful that tells stories about now and, and that tells um the experiences of, of Black and
0: African people. Can you talk a bit about the art history um, that, as you said, I can't remember the word they use that was not quote unquote conventional, um, and, the, and the artists that, because it sounds like that was a big inspiration of yours.
1: Yeah, that that was a huge inspiration for me, and it was a lot about kind of the African history of art. Um, it talked talked a lot about um, the bronze um, bronze castings from the Benin Kingdom, which is actually where I'm from. Um, it talked about um, masquerades and masks and created by ethnic people and different peoples from the African continent. So basically it was an introduction to to art history in a lens that is usually not thought. Um So I think that really inspired me because learning about um, the art of people really gives an insight into their lifestyle and gives an insight to the way they were and how advanced they were um, technologically. Especially, um, and and, and, and a a very specific example could be like the bronze castle from the Kingdom and the intricate art that came out of there. It really tells how advanced that kingdom was for them to be able to create such intricate um, work at that time. It it wasn't seen before. And, And it directly opposes the view and and kind of the the mainstream thoughts and ideas of like what African, Africans are or who Africans are rather and and who they were um, pre-colonization. So that really opened up my mind to want to explore that whole realm of like what were we and who were we and, and how did we create and how did we leave and, and, and what, were, what was our ideologies and, 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 and what did we do before um, basically all that was, was, was taken away from us in, in one form or the other?
0: Yeah, definitely. Art history and visual culture is a huge way of learning about a society and uh, a civilization. Um and it's fascinating for sure. Um and when you say mainstream um we mean like just to make sure I understand, you mean current westernized um colonial uh um, yeah. way of seeing things. <laughs> yeah, just that's sure.
1: that's
0: okay <laughs> just so that we're on the same page um because yeah for sure I mean I did a a minor art history in university and a big part of the classes that we were taking was um chipping away at the canon quote-unquote canon and because it's a bunch of white males um ultimately <laughs> that uh <laughs> are in the higher fine art sphere um and so definitely learning about how politic political it was and it still is um so that's also why i find your work so inspiring because in one of your interviews i was reading that you want to tell the story of black people black by black folks um and as you said Ultimately, the visual culture and the the art history is what is something that's lasting that you can look at centuries later to understand who a people was where or who oh, that was bad grammar, but um, <laughs> but ultimately what you're saying from what the way I'm understanding is. It seems like you, want, you are inspired to learn about art history and a visual culture, and now that is fueling your own creative energy to create yourself, to com- uh, complete that cycle and continue and move forward in that way.
1: I feel like it took the, the longest, not, I wouldn't say the longest time because I'm still young, but I feel like it took a lot of kind of reiteration in my mind and, and just visioning and trying to understand how do I combine the different elements that make me off as um, as a as a person in in society and 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 that's at first it seemed like it seemed almost impossible to combine. So growing up, I loved I loved drawing. I used to draw a lot. I loved singing. I loved music. Um, and then I was also, um, I guess, quote unquote, a good student in terms of like I was good in science and I was good in the arts. Um, and when I say arts, I mean like kind of um, philosophy and, and, and arts in that sense. Um, the
0: humanities.
1: Yeah, humanities basically. Um, I was good at that and 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 I also just had an innate passion for social justice and I wanted to do that work and, and I've always been someone who 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 wants to push for better. And for so long it almost seemed and, and I think it's also reinforced to in, in, in the education system that uh, you can't you can't combine those worlds. It's like those worlds are mutually exclusive. You can't combine. You can't necessarily combine um, your artistic nature with your love for science or or a fight for justice. It's like you have to be one or the other. And and there's been there's been many people who have come before me who have done this. Um, and and I just feel. So so happy that I have finally been able to find an intersection where I can I can bring all all my love together and and in, in, in such in such creative ways like and 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 bringing art and research together sometimes it doesn't just end at like creating, um, or doing a research creation, for example, like um, with on-time boots or, or with future farmers. Um, I think there's something special about taking it one step further um, and implementing or using knowledge that's learned from that into creations like, um, like business creations and social ventures. Because I feel like those are almost everything is made by design. Like we design things, we, things are shaped, ventures are shaped by, by who is creating them and like what that person knows and what that person believes and like what that person perceives the world to be. And I feel like more people who have understanding of, of our history and and referring to like African and, and black history and, and, and create art around it should also be creating um, ventures and, and, and businesses that are directly influenced by, by that knowledge.
0: So basically, you felt like, I really like the way you put it, saying I felt like I needed to go one step further after the my own creation, my own art, and my own research, because... it it felt like it was not enough for you and you needed to take action on it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. To feel that fulfillment and that, I guess you felt that drive basically. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because
0: yeah, for sure. Um, Businesses is a huge part of our society and how the world works. And so that mindset of, starting from the creative and artistic and research side and then implementing it in in actuality, like on the field. Um, so going one step further than academia is very inspiring, for sure. I actually had um, never heard the term research creations before, and I thought that was very clever.
1: Yeah, I've always... I I love writing, um, and and I love expressing myself through writing. Um, So I'm constant. I'm constantly looking for ways to redefine um, through language and words, I guess, to redefine um, what I do. Um, And and I feel like so far, research creation is kind of. the best way for me to kind of explain, um, to kind of explain, explain the projects I'm, I'm interested in working on and the projects I'm also currently doing, um, research creation in the sense that it's like you create art based on um, research you do. So you kind of go into, um, and it could be modern, like research on modern times, um, but like I just have. Particularly interest in both modern and and, and like um, both modern and like history of past times, because for example with um, with future farmers, what we're doing is like we're not only we're not only researching on. I guess I should just introduce quickly what future. Farmers yeah,
0: maybe. Yeah, maybe give an overview.
1: <laughs> so future farmers, it's a project I'm working on with my um, friend. Um, and we've been working on this since last year 20, early twenty nineteen and we started off with kind of looking at the barriers black farmers face in the g t a the greater toronto area and we we started off in a competition like it was a it was a formal competition called the uh, map the systems and it was it was organized by um Oxford University, the school center at Oxford University. So it's kind of like a a business thing. I I really don't know the structure of it. But then there's 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 supporting institutions like Mount Royal University and Rice University. Um and it's this international competition where you go through a local stage which is you Base, like your university, um, you compete with other teams in your university, and then you go on to the national stage, which is competing um, competing with other Canadian teams, and then you go to an international stage, which is basically the whole world in the UK. Um, and and we had gone through the first the local stage which we won and then we went on to the national stage and, and we came out top um, top six. So we we there was two stages in the in the national stage, um, and 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 basically yeah we looked into the barriers black farmers were facing, but then it transitioned after the competition more so into black food sovereignty as a whole and 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 food sovereignty generally just means for the right of the people to have control over their food system meaning like over over the production of the food the quality of the food how the food is distributed and all that um kind of stuff and and through that through that we are able to meet a lot of people and, and kind of have an understanding of what the current food system is like right now but The project has also led us to kind of look into the history and the relationship of Black people and land and and food and and growing food and farming in Canada specifically. Um, So we're both looking at present day, but we're also looking at like the times before now, like what has led us here and like what has brought us here and why Black farmers are facing the barriers they're facing and, and why. Is there such a huge barrier to entry for farming for black folks and, and, and also even things like why are black people disproportionately affected um, by food insecurity? Um, so it's, it's, it, it helps us look into many things and, and then we create art out of it. Um, and, and for this particular project, what we're trying to do is like we're trying um, to create both a documentary and um, an exhibition based on, on photo voice and, and well photo is, is is kind of asking community members and 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 what we're currently doing is like we call it tracing or mapping the ecosystem of black food sovereignty and what that means is kind of looking at every stage of of food production and supply and consumption. And looking at where are Black people in, in all those levels and, and, and what role do we play on those different levels. Um, and having people who, for example, are consumers, so they don't work in the in, in, in food system in any way. They don't work in grocery stores. And they're not farmers. Uh, they're not food distributors. Um, how do they see food and what's their relationship to food? Um, so it's taking pictures of that and for example black farmers um, how do they see food and what's their relationship to food i'm um, taking pictures of that and kind of like making analysis based on those pictures um so it's 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 kind of a double fold it's like you're collecting data and doing research at the same time creating art out of it um so so that's generally what i'm interested in and, and also on Roots it's it's also falls um a similar pattern in terms of like creating art data research
0: yeah yeah it sounds like um it's not a linear process it no. sounds like you do research you create and then that creation informs more for your the rest of your research and then it's that it's exactly. that constant circle Um yeah. like a circular design um how did you decide that you wanted to take photographs? And, um, if I think back to your previous answer about how it was, it took you a really long time to understand how you could combine all those different interests of yours and all those passions and things that would make your, it sounds like your, your heart sing or make you light up. Um, how did, you, how did filmmaking, because you're making a documentary for Future Farmers um, and photography, came around um, for this? What was, um, what was the start of it?
1: So I think how it started is more so, I'd say for the longest time, um, growing up as a kid and, and going through high school and like, starting university, um, I had been developing like different set of skills separately. Um, so for example, with, with, with filmmaking, I, I started off just learning, I think if I'm not mistaken, it was kind of around 2014, 2015. I started learning how to to create videos. so learning the basic of, basics of operating a camera and, and and going through YouTube to learn how to to create good videos and and, and I started off with like the bare minimum, just like a, a simple DSLR camera. Um, and now I still don't have the most advanced um, equipment. Uh, but I was able to, to kind of start learning about creating videos, just like the, the technical art of, of creating videos and, and, and I used to watch a lot of um, filmmakers and I still do on YouTube and, and just learn from people um, online and, and that skill continued to develop. And that translated into photography as well. So just having the basic knowledge of, of creating videos and being able to operate a camera helped me to kind of transition into photography. Um, and even before I started, I guess, I would, I would, I would before I would call myself a photographer, um, I will take pictures on my phone and like way before then, um, I kind of just had, uh, I don't know, like what I call a natural eye for kind of like symmetry and and composition, you know, colors and and kind of like be, and also a lot of that comes from my childhood of like creating art, doing a lot of like art um, in my childhood. Um, So, so that kind of just came together nicely, so it's like so I learned a video, and way before that, since I was a kid, I was singing um so that also has influence in in my filmmaking technique and style. um I love to include music and and the sounds and and my voice um and and I love to tell stories and metaphor um and then that also comes from me doing like spoken words like writing i don't perform a lot but like um writing a lot of spoken words and poems and and that was something that i i I developed a passion for as a kid as well Um, so it's it's kind of like a lot of skills were drawn in me separately individually and and i kind of just had them very separate and and it came to a point where i'm like huh there's just so many things I do in, um, in the artistic world, and and I want to continue to do. It's like how can I bring those together in in what I'm doing right now. So so when it comes to photography specifically, to be told um, um, the pictures from my um, from Ontaine Roots, which which was 2019 November, I did the shoot. Um. Yeah. 2019 September. 2019 fall. Let's just say that, um, that I did the shoot for for that project. Um, the photo shoot specific for the project because the, the the project is multimedia. It's it's multimedia. Um, that was my first I would say official photo shoot. Um, before then I had not done anything on that scale or or that magnitude or requiring that much skill. Um. So it was, it was nerve wracking for me at first. Cause I'm like, I only started taking photographs with, with cameras not too long ago. Um, and, and by then, like, I've always been doing videos. I've been doing videos for a while now. Um, I just started a YouTube channel. Um, so it's like, I'm good with videos, but I don't know about photography. Um, but I just kind of went into it. Um, and now I feel like even since last, um, um last november till now um we're in july 2020 i feel like i've improved in my photography like tremendously since then um but i'd love to look back on my um do pictures and be like wow that's my first photography ex- you know photography shoot like first official one and i'm like wow that is that is amazing um but yeah, it's it's kind of like developing the skills individually and, and just like looking for a way to bring them together. Um, because even with on Tamed roots, it was I was not only the photographer, but I was also the creative director, and I was also the lighting person, and I was also kind <laughs> of the I was also the the the, the, the words kind of skipping my mind now. but um, set. I I also worked on the set. Um, and I also kind of like curated the costumes and, and, and the hairstyles. And, and although I wasn't the one who actually did the hairstyles, but I, um, I did a lot of the creative direction in, in, in many aspects, yeah.
0: I have a lot of questions uh, about everything you just said, but I feel like for people listening who might not be, who might not know what Untamed Roots um, is Can you give a, a little v- overview? And also, I'm realizing, um, where can people find your work?
1: Okay. Um, so, On Tamed Roots, I'll start there. Um, on Tamed Roots is um, a project about reclaiming the beauty and the culture of Black hair. Um, basically, with this project, I'm looking into the history of Black hair, both modern and historic um, I kinda of started off looking trying to find a lot of information about like ancient history of, of black hair and not just like our hair but like what did we put in our hair and what did we put on our hair and our heads and and, and the ornaments we wore on our heads and, and kind of the symbolism and the spirituality and, and the the social status that was attached to hair um at that time. That for a lot of a lot of cultures in a lot of places now doesn't necessarily um, exist anymore. Um, so that that that's kind of that that's that, that's why I was doing on term roots and, and I looked in different into different parts of 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 the African continent and, and understanding things like. Um, some cultures in central africa for example understood um and actually not just central africa but like it's it's a common kind of a common theme across like western and central africa um where a lot of a lot of the cultures there saw their hair as an extension um of themselves that that connects with with the higher beings with, with their gods and and it was it was kind of like a spiritual antenna. Um, they saw it as that, and, and, and his like precious. Um, so it, it's it's kind of looking at that history. Kind of how did we go from the the how 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 did that history transcend from a time when him meant a law um, to people. And, and through different times of colonization and slavery and, and down to modern history and down to today. It's like, how has our hair changed through those times? And, and like, how can our hair tell stories about us, like about Black people, about African people um, through these different times of today? Like even, and, and, and hair means, <laughs> it still means a lot too. To black people, so it's, it's 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 basically looking at our history through hair, and and also the project explores kind of the future of our hair culture. It's so where do we go from here? It's a lot of people, a lot of black people, kind of starting to understand um, or come into um, their Africanness and, and, so, and, and the blackness, in many ways, and in, in the sense that like we were understanding why we did certain things with our hair and and and, and, and the value of our hair and, and just like the history behind our hair and, and and i really really want to explore with the project which is not something i've done yet but it's where are we going from here like what can we do um what can we do from here because understanding that our our ancestors knew exactly what their hair meant like the they understood the call patterns, they understood how their hair reacted to water and oils and many different things. Um and that's why they were able to create such beautiful work of art, honestly, on their heads. And and every every single turn and everything they added to their head meant something. It like it had its value. And in and, and for a long period of time we kind of lost that. And now we're 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 getting back to it. What are we going to what can, what are we gonna create? So kind of like imagining the future of like what are we gonna create now that we're we're understanding like what like the natural hair movement. We're understanding our hair and we're understanding how our, our hair reacts to water again and understanding our curl patterns and understanding the value of our hair. It's like what can we create in, in the future? Um, and yeah, that's on Tamed Roots um, in a long-winded explanation.
0: <laughs> no, that was perfect. Um, yeah, and then I'll, has, I'll ask more questions after I keep going.
1: <laughs> Where can you find my work? So a lot of my work isn't necessarily... <laughs> How do I explain it? A lot of my work hasn't been released. Um, um, so for Tamed Roots specifically, I have it on my personal website right now um which is still under construction um and it's not like it's not a full on website it's more so like a personal page um addiction page i guess like i can provide links to you Kimona um yeah we can
0: put it that. in the show notes for people who um, are interested yeah.
1: um so so that's like where a lot of my stuff is on right now um i want like i'm i'm starting i'm working on creating social medias and creating like um, uh, basically a website specifically for my art um, my art and filmmaking um, very soon um, so I can definitely um, honestly just follow me on social media on Instagram and I will have all the updates on there um, for people who are interested in kind of seeing um, what I created and what I'm continuing to create um, yeah Instagram at hansmith1616.
0: Um, Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. Um, You mentioned that Untamed Roots is not only portraits. uh, Because what I've seen, how I got to learn about Untamed Roots uh, was through the portraits that you made. Um, But you mentioned that it's a multimedia project. Uh, So could you tell us more about um, what that is?
1: Yeah, um, so so far in the project, it's, uh, I see this project, for me, this project is kind of like a long-term project that I see myself doing for a couple of years. Um, and that's kind of why I'm doing in phases. And it's a multimedia project and originally yeah, I had meant for it to, to kind of be a photo, an ongoing photo series. Um, so the first photo series I did was called "Return to Glory," and which is what you have seen, Camille. Um, and the "Return to Glory" basically it's kind of of, of taking um, capturing different uh, immersive, like different Asian, African hairstyles and and clothing and ornaments and. And also, and also like face paintings and and just just generally it, the focus is on 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 the hairstyles and and the markings and everything. But like there's the certain things like the use of color and, and 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 the prints and and just like positioning and the way they look at the camera. Um, that's influenced by kind of a lot of the things. I. I saw like live research and so those portraits are kind of a merge of different cultures from across the continent so it's not specifically from any specific place so I kind of looked at a lot of a lot of different cultures across the continent and and just tried to combine them as much as I could um, in in the portraits and and that's one aspect the photo series which I'll be doing more of um actually I had already started planning Um, the next photo series before COVID-19. So that kind of got squashed. Um, But also I will be doing a 360 um, short film. Um, And the 360 short film is to kind of get into my head um, with all I've looked at and all I continue to to watch and see and look. It's it's a, a bit of a glimpse of how I see, oh how I yeah how I see and how I perceive the history of black hair, and and what I mean by that, and and also it's it's very the storyline is very metaphorical it's it's not it's 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 um yeah it, it kind of gives how how do I explain this best like it, it gives it gives an insight of like how I kind of see um. The history of black hair, how it's transcended through times. Um, that's 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 as much as I can say. I almost feel like I have to kind of show people what's in my mind um, to understand what the 360 video is. Um, but the the point of using 360 video is to really have um, people experience something that's immersive um, for them to truly truly get into my head so <laughs> that I think that's that's just the best way to define it. Um, because at first I was gonna do flat video, um but then I decided that actually I would I would do love to to do three sixty video. And that's something that I had not previously explored um, on net like I had borrowed like a three sixty camera here and there before and you know, played around with it. Um, well, that wasn't something that I really looked into um, before I decided to start this project. Um, so that's very interesting. And even writing the storyline for the 360 um, the 360 film is very interesting because I had to keep in mind that people who view this this film will be able to constantly see around them. So it's like writing the story in a way that is because sometimes with 360 videos and 360 film, um, the creators still kind of give a forced perspective of like, yeah, it's 360, you can turn around, but the action is only happening in one perspective. And what I wanted to, or what I want to do um, with this 360 film is for, for people to be able to constantly look around, um, look up, look down, look, look whatever way they want to look and still be in, in the action and and still witnessing, um, witnessing what's happening in, in the film. Um, so it was very challenging, but very, it was a lot of fun writing, writing the storyline for that. Um, so that's that. And, and also, um, I, I'm going to be creating a documentary um, for to about and, and and okay with the documentary. What I'm really trying to do is is, is kind of bringing the aspect and I would say I'm creating an experimental documentary. So meaning kind of fusing traditional documentary style um, with a non-narrative film. And what, what I mean by non-narrative film is like a film that doesn't have, there's no dialogue. Um, and um, and it's, it's, it's kind of, to, to kind of imagine what it could possibly look like is thinking about documentaries with um, reconstruction or recreations of, of, of whatever is being talked about in the film, um, in, in, in the documentary, but very different. Um, so it's almost like taking a non-narrative film and putting it, combining it with uh, traditional documentary. And honestly, I'm still figuring out that how that would actually look like. Um, I'm still in the, the creation phase of like, what is this gonna really look like? Like, I know the topic I wanna explore. I wanna explore kind of the future of black hair. It's like, so now we know all those things that have happened. or We know as much as we can know, um and we're at the point where um a cross route where it's 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 like we've, we've got information about our history and, and we've got kind of realization of self now and, and, and it's like where do we go from here it's like what can we do with what we know um from here on um so that's 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 what the documentary is, is kind of about and, and yeah i'm just i'm just excited to, to be working on this stuff
0: yeah i can hear that for sure (laughs) it sounds yeah i can feel i can feel the energy and yeah you probably you definitely need that because it sounds like a lot that you're taking on and that you're creating and as um, as you were speaking i i'm wondering is it just you working on it or do you collaborate with other people
1: um, so with, uh, with untamed roots, I'm trying to collaborate with as many creatives as, uh, as I possibly can. Um, so for example, the photo series that I had planned coming up was with, um, kind of with, with another, I guess, how do I explain that? Like, a, uh, like an entrepreneur who, um, his creation is, is based off storytelling. Um, so he isn't necessarily an artist, artist himself, but he collaborates with artists to, to kind of create um, what he does. Um, so I do try to collaborate with people and even the portraits I've done so far, The Return to Glory, that's um, part of the project on am Roots, I have collaborated with my friend, Ola. Um, she did the, the face paintings um and and I've collaborated with friends who kind of do costume and design, so I try to work with as many people as I possibly can um throughout this entire process um yeah um, and I'm, I'm always looking four for more people to to work with
0: yeah, the reason why I'm asking is because um for me it was a in my own creative journey it was it took a while to realize that. I needed to collaborate with other people. Um, cause I, yeah, for the longest time, I thought, if I can't do it, then I shouldn't be doing it. But no, actually, <laughs> I'm getting a lot of creative energy from seeing other people creating and their creations. And and since you're doing so much, um, I was wondering where you were getting that energy. So that was, uh, it was a good indication um how did you decide that you wanted to look at black hair in the first place cuz i don't think we talked about that um like how what when do you have an idea of when that seed was planted
1: i think it it was it has always been with me. Um, where do I start with this? So when I was a kid, sometimes like, um, I would keep like little afros and my mom was a stylist. sometimes. Um, There's this particular style she would always do. So she should she'd, she'd make like a, uh, like they call it a side path um, in my hair. And I just loved, since I was a kid I just loved expressing myself through hair. Um, I just there's just something about it that, um, so it's 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 honestly just been since childhood. I just love expressing myself through hair and, and I've always seen hair as a kind of a tool tool of creation. Um so so just just, just getting to a point where I had the opportunity um, to create something and, and, and tell a story, and I'm like, I might as well do about hair, because um, till today, like my, I love, I love wearing different hairstyles. Like I've, my hair is grown out, um, long, and 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 I'm just like, yeah, like I just love, I just love hair inherently. So I might as well create about hair, and hair has so much value in. My culture and my from, and for a lot of black people. So um, it just made sense that I created hair. And honestly, I would say um, so, so on Tame Roots kind of started off with with me um, having this idea, but then I decided to apply for the Creators Grant that came out of the Isaac Oluwala Fay um, Digital Media Experience Lab um, at Ryerson. And I kind of, I applied to, to to that grant program because I just needed something to kind of, to push me to to just do something that's always been in my head. And something that happened kind of around the time I applied to, it, oh, I'd say like maybe a, a couple months before I applied, um, that, that, that stayed with me, really more so made me want to do it even more. Was I, I remember I had like full locks um, for those who know what that is um, um, in my hair and and I was at school campus um, and I remember two two staff members of Ryerson University um, I was coming out of, of a washroom like I was, I was turning a corner and, and they saw me and they 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 they, they literally were startled and 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 they walked away making commentaries about my hair and and honestly it was so hurtful. I was so pissed and and after that I that that experience like when every every time I, I think about like when I decided that I was gonna create um create um do the project or apply to the, the grant program with, with that project. It wasn't it wasn't about them and it will never believe but that was that was an experience that, that definitely came to my mind and and every now and then it comes to my mind and I'm like, okay, um it just shows it just is honestly just shows the ignorance um in a lot of people and people People we like our, our hair doesn't get to be to be shown in, 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 in such a good light. So um I decided to create this. Create this and, and, and creating being able to show this at Ryerson University too kind of makes makes me happy because I'm like, it's it's just now it's in your face. <laughs> now you can't you can't look away. Um you can't stop making commentaries if that's what you're gonna do. Um So, so yeah.
0: Um, It sounds like it was another way to get fuel, um, to get you to do this and to add on to the purpose, um, the sense of purpose of this project. Um, And as, as you said, it's probably from, not knowing and and never having been exposed to enough of what exists um, that such hurtful actions happen. And your work is helping the world in that way by making it available and and giving exposure to people who wouldn't have that exposure, otherwise,
1: yeah, it's it's definitely doing that. Um, but I think something I, I'd like to make very clear, and, 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 I'd, and I'd like to say, is that like my creations and, and my, my work is it not only centers Black people, but it is it's also made for Black people. Um, so so as much as it will definitely have a trickle effect on people outside of, 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 that community or that, um, it will, my intentions are always to kind of, um, create things that, that black people can look at and not feel triggered all the time. Cause I feel with a lot of, a lot of creations that are, that are about black people, there are always things that, that just trigger us. Like, so it's like, I want, um, People to be able to look at those portraits and like look at the documentary or watch the documentary and then see the 360 film and, and and feel and and feel a sense of pride um, and, and feel seen um, and and it will it will definitely um, you know subsequently also impact other people. Um, who who may have not had the interaction, as, like not necessarily interesting but who, who don't know any better at all, and who, who make commentaries like that, and, and who who have not had um who have, have not had the opportunity to learn, but I think also something that that, <laughs> that that I think it does is also for people who are not willing to learn, people who don't want to know better. And people who don't want to change, you don't have an option. You're just going to see it. It's going to be there, um, and and that that brings me, that brings me joy.
0: And yeah, they're not the primary focus, as as you just mentioned. And that's I feel like how you made it that you made it very clear in your mind um, and with your creation. How why am I creating? uh who am i creating this for and that's the and then staying on track and being very clear with yourself all right other people are going to say whatever they say and maybe they'll have a uh there will be some um effect or impact but what matters to me is this in particular yeah and also really like what you said about how applying to the grant and getting the the grant was also the push that you needed to to do to act on something that you know you you knew you had in you uh, for so long and that was always with you and I feel like that's very inspiring and also very practical for other creatives out there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I think it's it's really because I'm honestly trying. Like I'm still learning so much. There's so much for me to learn. It's it's creative it's a creative and a creator. Um, but I feel like when I when I for example when I listen to podcasts like this or, or watch videos like I'm honestly looking also looking for like tangible things that that people say that can I can actually implement into my life. So. That was a really. That was honestly just a just a way to push to just push myself and, and be like, okay, you've been doing this. You've been creating videos on the side. You you have a YouTube channel. You're doing that. Um, you're learning this, but why not like finally kind of bring to life something that's always been in your head or like something you've always wanted to create. For sure, and it's
0: also relieving in the way that. Um, I feel like for so many creatives and freelancers and artists, oftentimes it has, at least it seems like from the people I've talked to, that oftentimes we think it has to come from inside. Uh, And it always has to be intrinsically motivated. And and obviously we need to be very (laughs) self-driven for everything (laughs) we're doing. And at the same time I personally found that I was just running out of fuel. And actually, there's no shame in getting help from the outside. Sometimes with a little bit of uh, external pressure to get yourself to do it. And yeah, I think in my head for a while, I was thinking, well, if I can't get myself to do it myself, then... I shouldn't be doing this. When actually, no, you can get help from other people.
1: Yeah, yeah, getting help from other people is so important. Honestly, I feel like with, with a lot of projects I work on, it's I get help from people like all the step of the way. It's like even even sometimes the, the conceptualization, being able to to have conversations with my friends and and. Talk about these things, um, really always opens up like a different realm of imagination and, and creation that I think, and I'm like, I don't think I would have thought about that just by myself. So it is really important to to get help from from outside in every which way possible.
0: I wholeheartedly agree with everything you just said. Um, I. Yeah, to me, my brain doesn't think as well as two brains. And that's just, and I've seen it happen over and over and over and over and over over again. So now I think I just accept it as part of my process where I'm like, okay, it's uh, it's time to talk with someone. (laughs) And also in that process of expressing, like speaking about your idea, I feel like it makes it clearer or just... Mm. It ma- you know what I mean where yeah. it makes it clear in your own head and you're like oh okay that's actually that's what I'm thinking about like that's, that's then you start to envision it because when it's only in your own head it's like Ugh. yeah no yeah. <laughs> no, that's <good>. it,
1: just, <laughs> it honestly just sits there when it's just in your head because it, it, yeah. it almost feels like this, you can only think to a certain point and then they're just like okay yeah,
0: I don't know. <laughs> yeah for sure um i want to be mindful of your time and so i'm seeing the hour going but i thought maybe as the last question we could talk maybe about more your startup ventures and how you like to also create businesses and and do that because i feel like we didn't go much into into it um during the, the rest of the conversation, um, so yeah, can you talk a bit more about that?
1: Yeah, um, so like, multiple times I've I've continued to I've, I've worked in several projects of social ventures and, and working on. Um, but one I'm currently working on um, that I'm really excited for, honestly, is it's called the Black Creative Space. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to be launching on Instagram very soon. Um, so the idea of the space is, is, is kind of, it's, it's a virtual space and we're creating an app um, for, for Black businesses. Um, so it's, it's kind of basically, for lack of better words, a, an archive of, of, of businesses and it's, it's for people to be able to find um, Black businesses in their local area. And when we started creating this um, this, what we had in mind, is, is kind of to have a space of whether physical or virtual for for Black businesses to be able to communicate and network and, and work with themselves and share resources and knowledge and tools. Because oftentimes what I find, and I've been in several, several, several spaces um, that entrepreneur related and, and, and incubators and, and workshops and like all kinds of things. and a lot of the time spaces kind of don't address the unique challenges that black entrepreneurs and and business creators face. And 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 that's something that's that's lacking in a lot of spaces. And and also it's, 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 it's an implication of of anti-blackness that exists in, in different systems. So, um, having a space for um, black businesses to to network and, and share their knowledge and share their resources is just something that we think is extremely important. Um, and in this project, we're kind of infusing um, all the I guess creative um, abilities of our different team members um, into into the project. So it's 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 still in a very like early phase. Like we only have a non functional um, prototype. Um, but it's really exciting and i feel like it's it's very much it's very much valuable in in the time we're in now where we're in a pandemic and the pandemic has kind of forced forced us to sit with with the long history um of anti-Black violence um, or, or, or violence against Black people in, in several different ways. And I'm not just referring to physical violence. Um, it has caused us to sit with it and, and we've just been confronted with it and, and we've seen that in, in kind of the uprisings of different protests and riots across North America um, and the world, honestly. Um, and, and now a lot of people are starting to to you know, find out that their blackness is in their local area, and now everyone wants to support um, support black initiatives and ventures, and, and 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 want to learn about anti-racism and, and anti-black racism, and, and all of that. Um, it's 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 creating something that people creating something that lasts last longer than, than this wave of of of, of honestly, which I just honestly call it a wave of performative um of of performative um support um it's a way to to kind of be like, okay, you say you really support black businesses then here's here's a platform that you can, can continue to stay on and actually support um black businesses so so that's kind of that's what I'm working on right now countering the optical
0: eliship that. Is rampant, oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, definitely is absolutely needed, and I'm super excited for, for the lunch and, and to see how it's going to work um, and try it too, because I guess, yeah. I, I'm okay. guessing uh, <laughs> it's um, you'll be centering it on Toronto first, Hansel.
1: yeah um so we're kind of starting off with like we're doing a bit wider than toronto like we're starting off with like, just generally canada
0: like okay know, like, so, so. um yeah that's kind of, that's kind of the, we're starting off with, you know. oh yeah i'm super excited to try it nice yeah. um all right hensel it was such a great conversation i feel like i learned a lot and I am again very grateful that you're sharing with us your perspective and what's in your head as you said like the 360 film. <laughs> um I so yeah to everyone listening I definitely encourage you to go follow you on on Instagram and look at your Disha page. We'll put that in the in the show notes on the website. Um But yeah, Hansel, thank you for taking the time.
1: Awesome. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Creativity Everything podcast, which is produced and hosted by Camille Favreau, with audio editing by Sam Sturmer. It's co-produced and has music by me, David Gauntler. I run the Creativity Everything Lab at Ryerson University. Creativity Everything was founded to support all kinds of creators and all kinds of creativity. We want to help you unlock your creative self. If you enjoyed it, please like and subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends.